Hi, welcome to the Sacred You podcast. I'm Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. I offer a look at spirituality in fresh and new ways and you can see more of my work at my website at rachelgoodwin.dk and the classes and sessions that I do. Ahu heia valea noi e kahaliku puakukui kuhia o kanaia akapu kumoni nei pikui kahima noi ikapili. Welcome to today's episode of Sacred You. This is me and Claire having a chat from opposite sides of the world. So if you'd like some company and want to hear us talking about all sorts of spiritual stuff, get yourself a cup of tea or coffee or whatever it is that's your thing and make yourself nice and comfy and join in with us. So Rachel, what I was going to ask you was, um, how did you end up in Denmark? I married a Danish man. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you'd go over there with work. Oh, no. so was it? Did you meet him in the UK or did you meet I, him in I, Denmark? Yeah, I did. Have you heard of Findhorn? I have. I've it's in Scotland. Scotland. It's like um, an eco spiritual yeah. community in Scotland. Elaine Caddy. That's it, Eileen Caddy, and oh, yeah, that's it. Other uh, woman, Dorothy McLean. And their husbands, yeah. I think. I never, I only remember the women, <laughs> of course. Yes. I've got yeah. one of her books that I bought 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I read them every now and then because they're still really good. Dorothy McLean wrote a lovely one about angels that really helped me understand like what angels are because she sort of said, you know, everything is a vibration of the divine and angels are the same except for they're just like personifications or vibrations of the divine. So that's why there's an angel of peace, there's an angel, you know, there's an angel of everything. Oh, there is. That's divine, you know, and it's I like, to... oh, it's like, oh, now I understand it, you know. It's like... You can call in the angels of anything, can't you? There's an angel of knitting. If I ever dropped a stitch, I'd always ask for my angels to come and pick my stitch up for me, and they do. <laughs> now, how did you end up in Australia, Claire? Um, so I've been here 30, maybe 33 years, 34, 19, no, yeah, 1988. So I don't do maths, but I think that's about 34 years. Uh, so I'm, so my, the guy that I married, his parents lived over here. Oh. So, yeah, so it was one of those, I had a flat 
and my mum and dad decided that it wasn't the right thing for me. <laughs> and so they intervened and I lost my flat. And uh, this lad moved in to my flat. And I got, I, I, I wasn't on the bar of it. I rented a flat upstairs. So um, I was still in the building and he was in my flat. So I just mentioned it one day. Are you liking my flat? <laughs> and we got chatting and he was from Australia. He's English from um, Yorkshire. But he was back over in the um, from England in England doing a course, a computer course that they didn't offer in Australia. They didn't even have that anything like that available. So he came back to do the course, and then of course met me, and we went back together. Wow, that was a long way to to go for a computer course, wasn't it? But it was really nineteen eighty eight. I can understand that. I could because like I so I left school. I don't know what nineteen eighty six. I think. And like I took computer O level, and in, and it was a really new O level. I was at a girls' grammar yeah. school, and it was like, and the teacher didn't really know what he was teaching. I can remember like trying to write code and little programs and stuff like that, and I quite enjoyed it, but I never really learned the theory. <laughs> so I never, and no. then and then I joined a bank. I I because I, I joined the sixth form, and then I hated it, and I was like, oh, I'm fed up with stupid adults telling me what to do and I left school and I went and worked for Lloyds Bank because I didn't know what else to do and a couple of my friends were working for banks and then while I was there and the three years I was there we got all these computer processes these huge like things in the branch and we had to go over from paper to computer records and I would spend a lot of time like tapping in people's records credit scoring came in I used to sit in credit score loans and and it was all like brand new it was all like really exciting and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed all that actually so I could understand that you know they didn't yeah it's just just you know like compared to now you can really feel we're getting older can't you Well, my husband went on to set up his own business. And of course, you know how it happens where you, he devotes all his time to the business. And we'd only freshly moved out and we were in the middle of living in the middle of nowhere. And there was no um, freeway or motorway or anything. We were very isolated and I was very lonely. And he was so in the end, we split up. But he went on to become a millionaire. <gasps> Mm. <laughs> oh my god not not in computers or in, in computers well he has to do something oh. with computers yeah his business yeah god almighty mm. but you're you're a yorkshire lass then you so no i'm from um i'm from cheshire oh. he was from yorkshire but that's why i've still got i've got a funny accent because i've picked up everybody you've got i was gonna say everybody. you've lost a bit of your yorkshire yeah. accent so that's his, his, that, that, his, they've got Yorkshire in there, it's him. Um, but I'm from um, Cheshire. Oh, right. Okay. That's, is that the Midlands? That's the Midlands, isn't it? Is it? Below Manchester. Oh, no, right, it's okay. over that way. Oh, it's right. towards like Cheshire, it links up with Wales and oh, Manchester. Right. Yeah, I'm not, because I'm, Ke- I'm from Kent. And we're just sort of down in the corner. Like we, I could see France from where I grew up, like. On the Gosh. beach at Deal, you'd stand there and you could see Calais and everything. So it's like, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. But my my geography's never been great because I do I learn things and I forget them. I'm afraid. Mm. So, like, yeah. My husband now, my current husband, he's from um, well, he's Sunderland, but he uh, emigrated to uh, Essex when he was 15. So 
So he's um, been in, he was in Essex for 25 years before he emigrated to Australia. So I've been to Essex, which is near Kent, because I remember going to Kent. I can remember it going is, it's a bit, Essex is a bit flatter, though, and a bit, I don't know. The, the bits I've been to Essex, it, it seemed a bit, it was a bit, yeah, a bit flat and boring looking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I only spent about, oh, no, I didn't. I did spend a fair bit there, but um, I know what you mean. I didn't really get to know the place. But I didn't have a car and I didn't really get out much, so I don't didn't really know it. But um, he lived in Penny Lane in Essex. Oh, okay. Yes. Nice name, isn't it? Penny Lane, you know, yeah. the song, The Beatles. Mm. It, it, it is. Is that where they got? Is that where they were singing about? I don't know. Well, no, no. It was a, Penny Lane is a lane in Liverpool because originally my family oh. are from Liverpool. Oh right. Yeah, there's a Penny Lane, but yeah, I don't think they've got the sign up anymore because everybody kept nicking the sign, the Penny Lane sign. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know much about your family history? I've been sort of looking into mine, sort of through the ancestry thing recently. Oh, have you? Yeah. No, we're Irish. So I was going to say, oh, are you Irish? If you're from Liverpool. Yeah, that's what made me from think Liverpool. Yeah. I'm thirty-five. I'm thirty-five percent Irish. Yes, um, you just missed. Uh, you just missed a beat there. What are you? I'm thirty-five percent Irish. Oh. 35% yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish. My mum's on my mum's on my mum's side. They came over. Well, I think they. Ca- I think. Well, yes, yeah, so I did this ancestry thing. And um, it was even able to sort of pinpoint like what part of Ireland it was. And it was sort of, oh God, yeah, I've, I've, of course I've forgotten. But um, sort of Galway over to over to the left side. But it was sort of all the areas where the famines were really bad. You know, oh, yes. And yeah, yes. people left. And so I have a lot of relatives in America and mm-hmm. Canada and we do. Know, places like that through that mm. through that Irish sort of you know because you know so many people had to leave because it was either that or stay there and die wasn't it of starvation That's right because it was yes so we bad. have a lot of relations in America and in Canada we could be related Claire we just don't know I'm sure we are shall I tell you how I came across you go on so I'm sitting, well, I'm not sitting, I'm asleep. It was about two o'clock in the morning on Holy Thursday, which is the day before East, East, uh, Good Friday. And uh, it was about two o'clock in the morning. And I, well, I woke up, I don't know, I just woke up. And Mary Magdalene said to me, I want you to look up Sarah. And I said, right, like now? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Hey, it's a... Holy Thursday, so like so Friday was be good Friday, so so um yeah, I just started like got my computer, my iPad, and started googling Sarah, and your name came up it, down there somewhere. Uh, yeah, I went oh, so I clicked and I sort of started having a read, and that's how I found you. And then I went on to I don't know how this happened, but I went on to Spotify. And um, I found you on there doing the podcast. So I listened to quite a few of your podcasts. Yeah. Was it, uh, well, one of them, well, there's a few, that lady in Scotland, and then begins with an A, yeah. that I can say it. Alphesia. Yeah, yeah. That's her. That was very yeah. interesting. And then yeah. there was one, Lee Chaplin. Yeah, Lee Chapin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapin, that's it. Yeah. 
And funny that was because um, when I was in Bali last February, February of 2020, um, I started seeing the number 47 on my watch all the time. So it'd be like 11.47 or, um, or, or 7, anything. And it was like doing you know, a head in, like all the time. So um, I started looking into the sevens and I found out that it was St. Germain. Well, for me, it was okay. St. Germain. Yeah. So um, anyway, I don't know how this happened, but um, I started looking at um, the I am decrees. And um, I got told by St. Germain that I want, he wanted me to start looking at the I am decree. So that's what I started doing. And another thing, I get to channeling in the middle of the night. Why, why do I get them in the middle of the night? So I get to channeling in the middle of the night and I get told, I goes, oh, I'll remember that. And they went, no, you're getting up. So I get up and I remember sitting in, this used to be my healing room. I'm sitting in here and I've got a picture of the two cats because they both decided to come and join me on my healing table. And I'm trying to write this channeling. And then I wrote, and then I looked at my watch, and it was, oh, look, it's 3.17, 3.17. Uh, I looked at my watch, and it was 2.17 in the morning. And I got then to send it to your sister. Okay. So I sent it to my sister in the UK, and she immediately responded, saying, the I am decrees. I'm doing the I am decrees. And she's corporate. Very different. You're doing the I am decrees? She goes, Yes. Because that's strange. Anyway, so she said, have you heard of um, Peter Matt Shasta, Guy Ballard? No. And he, she said, have a look, have a look. So anyway, so I've been on this dot to dot journey with St. Germain all around the I Am Decrees and the Violet Flame and everything like that. And one day I've got, I love, I'm just blown away with everything that I'm doing. I'm just going to go back to... Um, Rachel Goodwin girl let's get her let's go back to her and I put you on and I, it's Lee he was talking to Lee and I'm like okay this is something this is something away from Mount Shasta this is something away from the I am decrees I'm listening I'm in there and she goes and I read the um, oh, seven sacred book every day and I'm paused what's the seven sacred flame so I'm off on another google search and I find the Seven Sacred Flames, you'll know the story, printed by Mount Shasta Publishing. And that led me on a completely different path. And that's where I found them on YouTube and uh, the Lemurian Connection. And, of course, Telos America, Telos Worldwide, Telos Australia. Well, yeah. oh, God, just happened to have my Seven Sacred Flames book there. <laughs> and, of course, behind me, guess what that is? That's Mount Shasta. Oh, oh, wow. It's three, three and a half by two and a half. And I just had it put on my wall when I decided that the room was too small for me. And my husband said, go into the um, master bedroom next door. You can have that room and we'll go down Jack's old room. So I get in there and I go, what am I going to have on the wall? And I thought about all the room. And then I thought... No, I think I need to go back to Mount Shasta. So I got Mount Shasta put on the wall, but I got the guy to flip it. So now I have one massive mountain in my house. I have it in here on this wall, and I have it on there on that wall. Now, I don't think I would have found all of these seven sacred flames if I hadn't listened to your thing about Rachel Goodwin. So although it started with Sarah, it's taken on me this really massive, massive journey. That's uh, so funny. Tell us. Yeah. 
But I wanted to ask you, have you heard of Lars Mules? He's Danish, Lars. No, you know Lars Mule. Lars Mule. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know him, of him. Yeah. He's done some lovely things with Mary Magdalene um, on YouTube. Yeah. Have you yeah. heard his song? I haven't heard his song, no. I haven't. No, because he was originally a rock rock musician. Yeah, no, he did a beautiful. I did he actually went to uh well I'll send it you. Um he did this beautiful journey um with about Mary Magdalene. He's written quite a few books about her as well. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in one of his re- recent books that I read, um, have you seen this picture? Yeah, yeah. This is you know, that one with the three yeah. monks. Yeah. So, because um, I work a lot with Mary Magdalene, in fact, um, I did a swap with a girl yesterday who um, I see every like six weeks we do swaps. And um, when she was in my room, she said, oh, Mary Magdalene's here and, and uh, Master Jesus is standing behind me. But they spent a lot of time in my healing room. But I haven't come across Sarah as much. I mean, I know about her and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you channel Sarah, don't you? And is that since you went on a course in Hawaii? You went to Hawaii, didn't you? I went, I went, yeah, I went to Hawaii in 2005. I went on a retreat. It was a woman's retreat. And I had already sort of, Oh, let me think. How old is Josh now? So I had I had sort of started on my spiritual journey. I'd I'd done a couple of years training as a priestess of of the goddess, and this retreat it was a retreat for women, um, sort of connecting with Pele and you know all those spiritual energies on Hawaii and swimming with dolphins and <clears throat> and Josh, my eldest, he was two, I think then or three, and his dad, you know said to me it was all right for me to go because I was like I think he suggested it he said why don't you go because it was like a lifetime dream of mine to swim with dolphins and I'd never had a call to go to Hawaii particularly you know I'd never thought that looks fantastic or anything I mean I thought it looked nice but I liked everywhere really you know actually I really wanted to go to Australia when I was 18 you were saying no that was that was 1988 oh god I, I nearly went I nearly went and I nearly went several times because I trained as a psychiatric nurse and Australia and New Zealand is one of the few countries in the world that accept my qualification because they also have psychiatric nurses. The rest of the world don't have psychiatric nurses. They have nurses that they they train, you know, all the same. And then some of them go to be psychiatric nurses whereas in the UK New Zealand Australia we don't take the same training and we do a lot of extra training just in psychiatry <laughs> and mental health oh, wow. yeah, yeah 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 so you nearly came to Australia oh, I've always, and I still I still haven't I still haven't lived out that dream Claire so you'll have to I'll have to come and see you one day <laughs> we're 300 meters from the ocean just there yeah because I love I love the whole vibe of Australia and New Zealand I really I've always really 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 wanted to come and I really like Australians and New Zealanders as well because I you know and I worked with quite a lot of them I was a nurse in London and you get loads of you know Kiwi nurses doing agency because they're traveling and they base themselves there because then they travel all around Europe and you know earn their money and their money in the the London hospitals, which never have enough staff because it's too expensive for anyone there to live. So it's like, 
you know wow. but um but anyway going back to Hawaii so there I was you know I had a little I had a, me and me and Josh's dad you know um Josh was only just a little kid and and he said why don't you go and I'm like I can't go I can't go what about Josh and how you manage and he was like oh we'll be all right and I was like god really <laughs> and, and and so I went I booked myself tickets and off I went and god it was just it was phenomenal I mean I just soon as I landed in Hawaii and it was in the middle of the night just the energy I just felt happy I just went to some other happy place that I'd never been to on the earth just the the I just was in a complete state of grace for the, the I don't know how long I was there two and a half weeks I think wow. and um the retreat was fan- fabulous and we stayed in this guy's well we stayed in a couple of places one of the places we stayed I can't remember it was Kealakakua Bay on the big island and the guy Michael Michael something he he actually makes these music he makes music he's an American been doing it for years and it was his house and um, it's sort of really beautiful new age music. I've got such a bad memory. I can't remember his surname. But um, yeah, and then we did all this stuff to Pele. And and it was just, I, I'd i come home. I mean, that's it. And it was just so bizarre yes. how I'd never had a, even an inkling, mm. but I'd come home. And yeah, mm. I have I have sort of remembered past lives there. Um, oh, so as a Limurian or as well, a Hawaiian? No, as a, as a Hawaiian. But I mean, I, well, I think now, I think I did actually have a past life memory there as a Limurian as well. Um, because actually, divine connection to the divine feminine, isn't it? Lemuria is the divine feminine. Yeah, and that's it. I've always been a real sort of like Lemuria energy person. That's what I really get excited yeah. about. Even though, strangely, a lot of the way that I teach, it's very esoteric and I know it's very Atlantean in origin and that just seems to be the way that I teach in in this lifetime but but there you go but um yeah but you could have I, had, sorry I was gonna say you could have had lifetimes in both Lemuria oh I know I have yeah I know I have I know I know so I do you have. get the you get the feel of the vibe of the Lemurian and then get the vibe yeah. of the masculine being Atlantis yeah, I, su- I suppose when it comes to like teaching things, which is very on the mental plane, the Atlantean energy is really suited to that rather than the Lemurian. It's not really it's not really a Lemurian way of of of, of working. But um, yeah, so when I when I came back, when I came back from the because I did go again to some other islands in Hawaii a few years later. But when I came back from the big island, um, Pele came with me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to, to 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 be there, but yeah, no, she she sort of made herself. She made several appearances, and then because it had just been such, you know, I'd connected to all these different places and the energies and the goddesses, and so I ran like a, I can't remember. Maybe it was called the Power of Pele or something. <laughs> I ran in like a six week course. And it was just in the evening. We just met in the evening for six weeks. And then and then on the last one, yes, yeah, Sarah turned up. Wow. <laughs> Which I wasn't expecting. And I, I didn't particularly believe in her or anything. I mean, know anything about her because, I mean, who did? You know, I had heard her mentioned because Edwin Courtney had mentioned her 
in a, in a channel in and Edwin Courtney was someone whose workshops um, that I was going to and he he him and Diana Summer were the people that sort of set me on the path of channeling and ascended masters and all, all, all the rest of it from the things I learned from them and the classes that they did um, <clears throat> and they were fantastic you know I've always been really lucky to have wonderful spiritual teachers who were just exactly what I needed at the right time you know mm. I might have felt a bit impatient in between but they've always turned, they've always turned up at, at at the right moment but yeah so then yeah there there was Sarah and then I because I'd worked with um Mary Magdalene Lady Nada and I'd met Yeshua and um I sort of recognized that Sarah was you know and I knew their energies and I recognized that Sarah was both of them <laughs> and I was like what's going on what's going on oh yes you know? I see I see it's like what the heck yeah I it was, see yeah, yes it was very strange it was very very strange and then yeah it's just sort of gone on just gone on and on and on and on but I've always wanted to talk to you Claire I knew we'd have a good I knew we'd have a good cackle together I think yes yes <laughs> like me too and you know well, years ago, year, I mean, over 20 years ago, um, I had a past life aggression and um, I was standing outside of uh, um, uh, Master Jesus' tomb. And, um, yeah, so I can see it now. Anyway, I said to the lady, oh, was outside the tomb. Oh, don't tell me you're Jesus. I goes, no, I wouldn't say that. No. And I said, no, don't be Jesus. Thanks very much. That's a bit. Um, I goes, she goes, Mary Magdalene. I goes, I'm not Mary Magdalene either. So I decided that I wouldn't tell anybody that story because she came very much from ego. And I, I so for a long time, I didn't tell anybody. Mm. And then about oh, maybe about five years ago, or maybe six years ago, I decided to have a look back at that past life. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, I can't be the only one stood outside the tomb. Like, you know. Anyway, I looked into it. Mary Magdalene had five, was with five other women. Okay. So my sort of little bit of a journey is to find out which of the five I was. And um, I'd sort of worked it out. Um, and then I had, last year, my friend Helen came up and she said, well, do a swap, what would you like to do? And I goes, I don't know, I'd just do, what about past life? Uh, let's do back in the K-Sheet records. And we had a look at the records and look, and she said, to, this is how she started. She goes, I'm not very big on Jesus. She said, I know who he is, but I'm not very big on Jesus. I'm always saying that, I, because so, I've been a, I was a devout Catholic. I was Roman Catholic and I was going to be a nun. So, you know, my devotion to Jesus and Mary Magdalene goes back a long, long way. So, to be very, very Catholic and very uh, like that, and then to switch to spirituality has been a bit of a shift. And, you know, I've had to, you know, been rough a little bit with my dad and everything because, <laughs> anyway, so uh, she just started and she went, I can see you standing outside of the tomb. And I goes, yeah, keep going. So she said, and she said, you're only young. She said, um, and then she said, your name's Martha. Which is what I uh, young. So there was, a, I think there was another Martha because Claire 
Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who I'm also very close to, if you know her, uh, yeah. she's passed now. Yeah. But I know everything she says. Her. Yes, well, everything she yeah. says, I could call in a Clare Prophet. I've always called a Clare Prophet. Oh. I, I, keep, I keep saying, oh, it's Elizabeth. Sorry, Elizabeth Clare Prophet. But I call her Claire, and I don't know if you know, but since she's passed over, she she's she did a channeling through a Russian lassie, and um, she's gone back to her name of Lady Claire. She was apparently Claire Claire Saint Claire to do with Saint Francis of Assisi. Okay, all right. Yes, then. but that. she also says, she also says she's a Martha. So I go, I'm gone. I thought I had something to do with Saint. I was very close to Saint Clair as well, so yeah, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then I go, right? So I must have been young Martha. But hey ho, there was four Mary stood at that tomb. So why wasn't the two Marthas? So my name's <coughs> Martha, and I travelled on the boat with them to France. Wow! Wow! So this is what all came out from the Akashic records. Through yeah. uh, Helen last year. Uh, um, well, that was funny though when she started. I don't know much about Jesus, but hey ho, no. And I was like, right then. Was, but that was my unfolding of this, like something I saw nearly thirty years ago in a in a past life, standing in front of the tomb. I can still clear, see it as clear as day now. So oh. I've been really close to Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Yeah. So that so the Catholic thing that's from the Irish. Is it? Yes, Roman Catholic. Uh, my uh, father was training to be a priest. His two brothers were past now, but were priests. And my dad's father died, so he came out uh, of the uh, ceremony. And he became he then obviously wasn't going to become a priest, and he got married. And then, of course, but he was devout very to the very <laughs> end. I mean, he played altar oh. boy every single day of his life. Wow. Because, so, uh, yeah. uh, you know, if you've listened to the <clears throat> some of the podcasts that I do, we do end up talking about religion quite quite a lot. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's as, which is a bit funny to me because I don't talk about religion at any other time, mm. to be honest. And um, <clears throat> so my mum was a lapsed Catholic. So she was a Catholic from the, you know, from the Irish, you know, heritage. Mm. And, um, her first husband, oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, poor Rachel Brain. And um, he died. He was Welsh. <clears throat> so where we lived in Kent, there was a mine close to us called Betsanger, Betsanger Pit. And a, a, a lot of people came there for work, you know, so Irish, Welsh, you know, they came there for work. So his family had come from Wales to work in the pit but he he went and trained as a like a steel worker and they were building a new power station along the coast called Dungeon S and he was like very far up building this you know working on this this power station and he fell and he and he died yeah and she had like she was pregnant with my sister and she had two boys my eldest brother's um <clears throat> after and she'd had a really really hard life I mean my mum had such a hard life it's just it is just sort of a string of tragedy and after that she'd had enough and she went I've she just threw God out she said I've had enough of God he's not done much for me <laughs> and and oh, so God God was out and my dad was Church of England 
but like a lot of people in the Church of England, which meant he was an atheist, basically. So I was brought up without any religion at all. But I was christened Church of England. But my brothers and sisters had been baptised Catholic. Um, But yeah, so I so I grew up I grew up without any any and, and but there was a church the church quite close to us was called St Leonard's and I lived in St Leonard's Road and I can remember looking up St Leonard's and I felt no connection to him at all <laughs> and I've been back to the church that I was christened in and I can't and it's quite old and it's quite nice looking I can't find a spiritual vibe in there. Can't you? No, yeah. and and I did actually. I did go to Sunday school school for a while. So my mum made an effort to sort of educate me. But I mean, Christ and all that stuff. It was just part of like everyday school, and in those days, it was. I don't think it is now. And and I never got. I never got that much. I never got that much from it. I think I've <laughs> I've often had the thought if I'd have been raised Catholic in a proper Catholic church, I might never have left it because I might have been happy enough with all of mm. that and like all the our mother, you know, Marta Maria stuff, I might have just stayed there. Because <laughs> yes. it would have been, you know, I, I can see I would have found enough spirituality, you know. Um so I'm kind of glad I wasn't raised Catholic. Because oh, then absolutely. I wouldn't have, like, I might not have gone on the path that I have. So I was raised no. cynical. <laughs> I was raised cynical. <laughs> My dad used to say um, religion just existed, you know, for, I don't know. He used to say all sorts of, oh, that's it. He used to say, he used to say all sorts of things. But one of them was, you know, all war was caused by religion. Because if people didn't believe in the afterlife, they wouldn't all be killing each other. They'd been appreciating the life they had more like right now. And, you know, he would say that my dad was a, he was an, I I think he was originally an idealist, but then he became very cynical, you know, because that's what happens, isn't it? Idealistic people become cynical when when life is just too too traumatic for them but um yeah it's so weird because like I love going to like churches and places like that that have got special energies but the one I was christened in nothing not not, no. not a shred absolutely I don't think mine, mine did too either my parish church did either but look he spent I spent the next 30 years trying to indoctrinate what I was brainwashed with so you know it was the Dan Brown um, book you know uh, the Da Vinci Code when I started reading that and I started looking at it all a little bit differently and then I started reading other books and it expanded my mind and I don't know if you've read any of Margaret Starbird's books yes Um, I love her books yeah love yeah. her books yeah, yeah and yeah. and um, there was a thing, I don't know it's on the on the cover of her book I could something about her she wasn't even wanting to go down the route she went because she was a devout oh, Catholic that's right and that's right. Uh, then yeah, she, yeah. she read a book was it Holy Blood Holy Grail I think it was and I just finished that I'd literally just finished it. it was when I was in the UK for a year in Essex I'd actually been in a, this, I had a backpack because I walked everywhere. I had a backpack full of food and I picked up this really heavy book and I went, do the Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Do I really want to read this? Yes, I do. And my sister ran me out of the blue because we don't speak often, but this night she ran me and she said, we're talking and she goes, you should read that book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. I went, that's why I've just hiked it back yeah, from the line. I've yeah, literally yeah. just got it. And yeah, then, of course, yeah. it's on the back of Margaret Starbird's book. 
Yeah. It's well, been a, it's always a, like a dot to dot for me. Yeah, yeah. There'll be something linking me up to something else, to something else, to something else. Yeah. Well, that was the first, that was the first book I, I ever read. But when I did read it, I wasn't. So when I was about, so my mum, so, you know, I said we lived right on the coast um, where we could see France. And my dad was a, um, a marine engineer. He worked for Sealink and he used to sail, you know, with the boats from um, Folkestone to Boulogne. And we would go on holiday to France every year. And, you know, because both my parents had gone to evening classes and, and learnt French. And they were very disappointed in me because I wouldn't. But I was always very, very self-conscious about speaking languages. And I'm still the same now. It's just, you know, it's really difficult for me to, like, make myself. I only talk Danish, like, if I really, really have to. And I've studied it so much. It's like, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I can't remember things, because my head's so full of Danish words. Now, a lot of English ones have just, there's not enough room for them. They just sort of fall out. But, um, yeah, so we would go on holiday to France every year. And then my dad, who was an atheist, and he only really read, I don't remember him reading fiction novels. He would read a lot of stuff about World War Two and tanks and I don't know, history and things like that. He'd read, this is, so this is 1985 now, he'd read The Holy Blood and The Holy Grail. And he'd got really fascinated by that church. Yes. At Rennes-le-Chateau. Yes. So we went to the Pyrenees. I remember it well, I remember it well because my dad used to drive too fast. He had several car accidents from driving too fast. And he and and the roads <laughs> going up to Rennes-le-Chateau. And you know, a lot of our French holidays were like this. It was like this, this road <laughs> that was literally you looked off the side of it and it was just um, a drop down the side of the mountain. No guards or rails or and really narrow roads. And then my mum would be there, and my dad would drive too fast, and my mum would be going, Ken, Ken, stop it, Ken, Ken. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, but we yes, yeah, so we went, we went to Render Chateau, and <clears throat> wow. he was fascinated by like why was this font there that looked like a demon and why did it say oh what's the what's the thing over the church oh I don't know it says something about people being damned or something like <laughs> I've forgotten I've forgotten now and there's and then there's Mary Magdalene in there with the skulls where and oh yeah but I loved it I loved it I loved that I loved that place and I had I was 15 when we went to I think it was Monsegur I had like a spontaneous past life memory when I was there and and you know I was completely skeptical although I had it I didn't believe it but I actually felt myself get taller and my back was straighter and and I just felt like a different person and then I went over and stood at a what would have been a window but it was sort of in a ruin and I started crying and just sobbed my heart out and I was like Oh, here I am going mad again. <laughs> but you had a past life memory as of being a kappa. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I've been to, a kappa. Yeah, I had to work with that, you know. Many years later, I went back there with a group of, we were a group of Sophia priestesses. And then I, I had to do oh. some serious past life trauma work. Yes, because it was a lot of trauma. I mean, yeah, I actually true. escaped. In fact, I went. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I went. I, I went for reading. This is uh, back in the eighties. Oh. I went for a reading, and this lady said to me, "She was English. She was on visiting uh, for the UK." Uh, she goes, 
She said you were a Cathar and she said you escaped with the Holy Grail. Well, see, that didn't mean anything to me at the time. But it was funny because I was telling my sister, or my art, see, we don't talk very often, but, you know, I've mentioned her three times. But um, she always is pivotal when it comes to anything like this. And I goes to her, I've just had a reading and this lady said I've been a Cathar. I've never heard of Cathars. I don't know the word cathartic that week, but I haven't heard the word, I didn't know about cathars. And my sister goes, I was a cathar. And I said, well, apparently I escaped with the Holy Grail. And she said, oh, we both said it at the same time. We both went, she said, you left me behind. And I said, I left you behind. So I left her behind. Oh. We both said it at the same time. So oh. I, I, and I don't like kites. I think it comes from them because that was a hell of a drop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a hell of a drop. Yeah, isn't that funny? So, so funny how these things run in families. Because, like, like I said, my dad, complete atheist, but you know, he was there taking us to render chateau. He couldn't help it's it. Amazing, isn't he it? couldn't help it. Yeah. He just had some soul urge, and um, and you know, there we were. But yeah, but he did have a lot of like old books. So we had like a bookcase upstairs, and you know, I was an avid reader. I mean, I read Gone with the Wind when I was seven. Because I'd gone through, I'd gone through all of Enie Blyton and every I've read all of it, you know. I used to live down in Deal Library, and um, he had all these old science fiction books and Isaac Asimov, and I used to read them. And he also had, um, it was a um a past life book, and there was a story in there about Cathars. And I, I when I read it, I was really shocked, and I thought. And I just knew yeah. it was all true. I just, yeah. it was like, it wasn't a question of believing it. I just, it was, I knew it. Like, it was a fact. It was like, well, of course we come here. And, you know, this isn't the first time. Mm. And it just explained to me how different people were and how some people just sort of knew a lot of stuff and were really good at things. And do you know what I mean? Had that, mm. you could just tell. They they built it up in like past lives and it was like that for me when I learned channeling I went and sat in like a circle that Diana Summer was running and I could just do it yeah I mean you know I just I just went from not being able to do it not having any really having any idea how to do it to I could just do it and you know people would say to me because I'd been getting messages to learn to channel for a couple of years and then, which I took no notice of, because I thought, don't be ridiculous. You know, I, I'm, you know, I can't do that. Wasn't how I saw myself at all. And then, um, and then it took me a long time. So maybe it was three or four years after I was getting the messages because no one was teaching a circle that I could sit in. I tried like mediumship circles and I found it really unpleasant because I sort of, I just sit when I open up to spirit, I'm very open, which means that if it's dead people coming in, you know, they're just like us, aren't they? They've got all their yes and everything. Yeah. Whereas angels in the center of masters have a beautiful energy. Yes. And when I open up to spirit, level. I don't seem to have the boundaries of like being able to talk to them as if they're sitting next to me. They actually sort of come into me and I can't cope with that. With you know, it's all right, a center of masters it, but normal people. No, it's like, no, I can't, I can't do it. So I couldn't. Well, I find that. 
Do you find people who are mediums, and I say this with greatest respect, people who are mediums don't have to be in any way, shape, or form spiritual. They don't. I mean, but I mean, it's in a, in a to a certain extent, it's the same with any talent, isn't it? Just because you're talent, talented, anything, doesn't mean that anything else comes with that talent. Yeah. <laughs> just I, I know a lot of mediums talent. who are not spiritual. Yeah, you know. But when I um, in nine two thousand five, yes. When I I was visited by Archangel Gabriel, so this is so I'm just look I'm just sitting on my bed doing a lot. So I've been doing a lot of work. I did my Orisoma course. I've done Reiki course. I've done a few things. I didn't really know what I was going to be doing next, but I remember clearly sitting on my bed one night and I had a, a statue of um, um on the on my chest of drawers. I had a statue of Mother Mary and a candle lit like I always did. And then all of a sudden there's this on the door, which is my bathroom door, was um well you could trace it. It was so clear. I mean you could even get this part of the lip, you know, you could have just gone with it. If it'd been my, not a rental and it'd been my house, I would have got a texter out, I can assure you. I could have traced around that angel. So the angel was there for ages and um, I got a little bit frightened, I have to say. So I put my sheet over my head and my five-year-old came in and he goes, Mummy, why have you got an angel on your wall? And why are you under the sheet? <laughs> I goes, oh God, is it still there? Okay, all right. So then I had to say, okay, who are you? And it was, uh, okay, she'll get but when a few days later Archangel Gabriel said to me Archangel Gabriel said to me that I would be doing this sort of work that I would be doing um yes yeah, spirit spiritual work um and, and I'm going you've got the wrong person yeah <laughs> say to, what do you say to people but I, I said look you've got the wrong person even though it's, I, I, it's not me and they go no 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 it's like they gave me my well, they give me my instructions from God and I'm going, you've got the wrong person, but I had this terrible headache. And mm. in the end, I went, look, if you think it's me, I'll do it. But it's not. Um, but I'll do it, I'll do it. Anyway, the headache went and I was told quite a few things, you know, go and get flyers made, do this. Do I mean, I've had the flyers made, they never give them out. But I got them made. <laughs> yeah. you know it's just making that leap of faith yeah, it? i yeah, definitely yeah. thought they had the wrong person yeah 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 it's good we listen to spirit isn't it because that's it you know i have actually even though i might just think it's all rubbish i have actually listened over the years and yes. i just i just get proved wrong over and over again because it's like i'm not that sort of person Oh, actually, I am. And, and I think it's like, I was just thinking about it as you were talking. It's like I've had a hard casing. And I guess it's the same for a lot of people. I had a hard casing all over myself from, you know, a lot of really difficult past lives where mm. all this stuff just like it was mm. too traumatic, mm. exiled, ridiculed, you know. And in the end, your soul you'll just goes you know, or whatever it, you know, way you want to describe it, it's just you've had enough. And so you just, you become something else, you know. Mm. 
Absolutely. You do. Well, I was just like adamant they got the wrong person. <laughs> it's a bit strange, isn't it, when you, you say that to God? But anyway, I couldn't, you know, when they definitely got the wrong person. It's like when I put the, I've had Jesus in my healing room quite a few times, and I saw Jesus very, very, he was in here actually. So I'm standing, so my healing table would literally would be like here now. And I remember this time, um, so I stand at the bottom of the bed when I finish with my clients. I'm so I finish. I do a bit of healing at the end and I do some Reiki symbols and I finish around the person. And anyway, you know, like, you know, when somebody's standing next to you. So I open my eyes and I look and Jesus was standing there and he had a full white um, tunic on with like a hessian type, like overcoat thingy. And I looked at him and I, do you know what? I don't know what you say to Jesus, but I said, what are you doing in my healing room? <laughs> and he said, I'm a healer just like you. And I went, ah. Righto. And I went back to what I was like, oh, what am I seeing? Anyway, I put my hands back on it, finished it. Anyway, I goes around to the client and I goes, Nicola, I've, I've finished. And she goes, she's Welsh. And she goes, Oh, Claire, she said, that was beautiful. She said, Jesus held my hand, stood right by me all the way through. And then he went and stood at the end of the table when he's, I went, oh, God, I did see him. <laughs> it was him. That was great. That was my confirmation because I would have just written that off as me seeing somebody yeah. in the healing room. Yeah. But he's in my healing room a lot. And that's the same with Mary Magdalene. Um, because I only found out last year, and I've done Orosoma, oh, since um, 2004, I only found out last year that Lady Nada and Mary Magdalene were the same people. Well, I mean, people have different opinions about it. You know, as with all things and archangels, you know, you can read five different books and get five different answers. But, I mean, that's it. Sort of Ed, Ed, Edwin Courtney worked a lot with Orosoma. And so, uh, you know, I we all worked with it a lot. And, you know, I always understood Mary Magdalene to be an aspect of Lady Nada. And, yeah, well, you know, that's I mean, how I've I've worked with it. And she, because, so the first, the first Ascended Master Workshop I did, and Edwin was running it, and he's like, right, open up, you know, to an Ascended Master. And there was Jesus. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I I had a I used to have a real thing about men. I have to say, I don't I think I've pretty much got over it now. But again, that was a lot of past life stuff. And um, yeah, first the first sort of spiritual being that ever turned up for me that like in a in a very conscious way was Archangel Michael. And I did the same with him. I went, <laughs> even though archangels are you know genderless, he was very much in his male aspect. And he was not impressed with me. And I had to sort of go, oh, oh, all right, yeah, I need to get over this. But um, anyway, so Jesus, Jesus turned out. And I was like, because I wanted Kuan Yin, you know. (laughs) I had a really strong, because I do have a really strong connection to Kuan Yin. I've really been hoping for Kuan Yin and there was Jesus. And he, he just said to me, I'm not who you've been told I am, basically. And I and um, but I do, I love his I love his energy. But it was Lady Nada that really came through to work with me um, on that. And yeah, I uh, something interesting that I've I don't know if you've heard me say this before. I found out over the years is like a lot of the ascended masters that I worked with 
I found that if I was not in a good place, I couldn't really connect to their energy. I had to sort of be able to reach my consciousness up to a high enough vibration where we could meet each other. Sarah's not like that. She she's much she's in all of the dimensions. So it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, I mean, this is just my experience. Yeah, yeah, saying, three, four, five, whatever. You know, it's got yeah. to be the same for everybody. But I mean, I, you know, doesn't matter what kind of funk I'm in, how depressed I am, or you know, terrible mood. She's I can always I can always connect with her energetically and you know <clears throat> channel her or 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 whatever. Um but yeah, I mean I've loved I've loved I've loved working with her. I would never describe myself as a Christian just because for me there's a lot of baggage that comes with yes. it. And also, you know, I wasn't I was not really raised as a Christian, so I don't have that sort of in my my childhood as such but um I just there's so many different spiritualities that I connect to as well I also can't yes I also can't limit myself because for for years I thought um because I separated from Josh's dad when Josh was seven and I was seriously thinking because I used to go to in Rygate where I used to live the 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 Buddhist monks or nuns would come up from Brighton and do a like um you know they teach and then you meditate I loved it I just mm. loved it and I was seriously thinking like I really wanted to go and be a nun <laughs> <laughs> but you had to denounce you had to sort of denounce all your other spiritualities and stuff and I thought um, I can't I in all conscience I can't do that because they're real to me so how can I denounce it's like denouncing the sun or the moon or the sky or something and um mm. anyway anyway the divine wanted me out in the world Having well, uh, living, when I was speaking, living messy life, so I had to, I had to <laughs> just get on with it. So, yeah. When I was fifteen and I was going to be a nun, um, I was going to join the Poor Clares in London, but it's a silent order, and I just didn't think, you know, I was only fifteen. I thought, oh, yeah, whole life not speaking. Oh yeah, but see, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, I've been a nun and a monk and a priest, oh. and a, so in nearly all of my lives. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and I I love that. I mean, because I do love to have a chat, but I actually love being in silence. And I do find family life quite difficult because people keep talking to me. <laughs> yes, no, I have a lot of quiet time. I have to say, I withdraw. I have yeah, to. Yeah. And um, I like, I have the front room and I just keep it dark. And I just keep, I, just, I love being in that little cell. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you know, you can, I you just can, like yeah, it yeah yeah and I'm, I'm sure to it I'm sure um a lot of people you know if they're listening to this they'll be going oh yeah 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 but I mean because I've got I've got um so Benji he's my he's my son with my Danish husband he's going to be nine on the 1st of December he has autism and ADHD so he's not a silent autist <laughs> no 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 <laughs> that boy talks and if he's not talking he he really loves cows and he makes moo sounds like constantly oh, so he's just like you know when Benji's awake because you can you can hear him I mean he even sings himself he even sings himself to sleep and Thomas really and they he just really likes to talk Thomas likes to talk I mean they are conversationalists and my husband Thomas he's a university researcher 
and he's also trained as like a Jungian psychoanalyst and um, he operates a lot on the mental level he's very restless on the mental level very hard for him to keep quiet I think you know and sometimes I just say oh please just just stop talking please just stop you just stop to all of you just stop talking to me you know it's like I would love to have a sign that just said in silence yes I'm in silence yes that's not in the end because there was many times people did do sign have signs especially (sighs) if they were you know they did have signs on them I know that they used to wear signs. Oh, I've got something to share with you. Oh, God. This is a channeling. Oh, so my very first channeling was actually Kwan Yin. Oh. Um, it's not in this room. It's in the other room. Um, but she, she, uh, well, she channeled through me. And it, I woke up and there's this voice coming through with a Chinese accent, I'll just add. And um, I'm like, what the, you know? So, and then I looked, it was the fourth. 14th of the 5th, 2005. So let's go 14, 5, 5, and it was 5.55 a.m. Anyway, it's all from Kuan Yin, and I've been channeling Kuan Yin since then, but I waited for three confirmations it was her before I actually spoke to the world and said, I channel Kuan Yin. But it took till 2017 to get my third confirmation. Although I knew I just wanted the confirmation. And it ha- and it happened to see there's another seven. There's always a lot of sevens going on with me. Anyway, so um, and how it happened, the third one was I used to run the Mind, Body and Spirit Wellness Festival here in Yanchet. And one of my readers, she she's just I was just talking to them and then she, I was about to walk away and she said, oh, I've got something to tell you she said I don't usually pass on my messages she said but I've been told to tell you Kwan Yin's with you <laughs> as simple as that oh simple as that but it's up from 2005 to 2017 but I was walking in the office oh, last year 18th of April 2020 I'll look at channel at 947 a.m see there's sevens they get everywhere and this, I got this, and I, I was halfway, th- it came in two-part two, tra- two part transmission. So the first half, and then I'm thinking to myself, is that Lady Nada? That's what I'm thinking. And it's called I Am. I am the God, goddess of love. I am jewel in all aspects. I am the vibration of Mother Earth. I am the breeze that brushes your hair. I am the light at the end of your tunnel. I am within you. I am the God, goddess, energy of love. I am the woman with the alabaster jar. I am the woman with the long flowing hair. I am the love of Jesus Christ. I am Mary Magdalene. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. Love the energy. Just... I love the energy that comes. Mm. And when I got to the I am the woman with the alabaster jar, of course, uh, Margaret Seabird's book the one with the alabaster jar just knew what was coming next she's going to be mary magdalene but i mean i felt it as that i am the god goddess of love i see that as lady nana this is this is this is at the time and i've just found out through this and just a little bit after i found lady nana and mary magdalene were the same person i understand that now to be so yeah but i didn't know in, in all the orosoma classes that i took i went to level three orosoma nobody mentioned that lady oh. nana, we've got the bottle lady nana We've got the um, quintessence, and we don't didn't even know that Mary yeah. Magdalene. 
So I guess I was so. I was lucky then. I was lucky then. You were. Nanny told me. I had two teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also a couple of years ago, I did a channel and, um, and, I, and I brought through the Divine Mothers. And funny enough, I had a, a message from everybody. But Mary Magdalene was really quiet. But who steps in? But Lady Nada with a message. Uh-huh. See, again, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It makes, now it makes sense. You've got Lady yeah. Nada giving you the message. Yes, of course you would have. I still have. So from that first workshop I did with Edwin all those years ago, he told us to take a ribbon and then and then it was it was it was impregnated with the energy of the ascended master that we were working with. And mine was Lady Nada. And I still have that ribbon. And I, when I pick it up, I can still feel the vibration of energy. And I don't work with her anymore, but I found that Mary Madeline was her, but like on a, like on a, uh, like a closer to us level, you know? Oh, and and then I just worked with her as Mary Magdalene, and you know I'm really a Mary Magdalene girl. <laughs> I've yes, dreamt me, about me her too. a lot, and you know it, that is my natural. I say this quite often. That is my natural inclination, that divine feminine energy. Whereas Sarah, yes. I find more challenging. I find her, she's the masculine and the feminine in oneness. You know, which takes me to all sorts of places outside of my comfort zone, which is very good for me. <laughs> yes so you've got the so you say you've got the aspect of master jesus and you've got the aspect of mary magdalene all rolled into sarah yeah yeah and it's in oneness so it creates it creates a third energy yet again you know so yeah 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 wow she, so tell me about her violet flame oh her violet flame's lovely so I mean, Sarah is our future. She is sort of like the prototype of where we are going towards with our evolutionary process. That's why it's, you know, I find it so challenging because we haven't become that yet. It's what we are all, you know, all these downloads and transmissions and everything we're all getting. It's what we are going towards. And it was part of, you know, Mary Magdalene's and Yeshua's work. They were grounding that. They were grounding that here for like, you know, thousands of years in the in the in the future but yeah Sarah's violet flame it's specifically for this evolutionary process that we're going through at the moment shifting from we've never brought down this amount of light into this density of matter before Mm. we've had this amount of light but with much less density of matter so we are performing a huge work of alchemy and it's a bit like going around the circle you know if you think about the Lemurians they were very lightly in matter but they had this amazing energy and then you go around that circle go down a bit to sort of like three o'clock in the afternoon and you get to Atlantis and then it's getting heavier and heavier and it's six o'clock it's getting really we've just lost it we're in matter we've lost a lot of our connection to to spirit and now we're going back up again and we're sort of at I would say, you know, I don't know, quarter to nine in the morning. And now we're having to bring that light back into the density. Yeah. Because then we will get lighter. We will get lighter in matter as we get up sort of towards the top of the clock. And I, I don't know, maybe the whole process starts again. Who knows? I have I have no idea what happens after that. But Sarah's violet flame is specifically for this process that we're in now of shifting the matter, bringing more light in. I mean, you, I could say, you know, it's 5D or whatever, but 
I really struggle with a lot of these terms because they're mental constructs. Constructs that mean something different to everybody. They're not really real things, which is why it's hard for me to really remember because I can't quite tune into the energy of mm-hmm. them. But it's, you know, shifting from one thing to the other as we're doing now. That's what Sarah's Violet Flame is for. So it's fantastic. But like earth energies, places that have got a lot of heaviness and they're going, they're kind of crying out to you, help me, help me, help me. People's energy bodies who, you know, because not everybody, we're all coming to this point in our own divine timing. People's energy bodies, who's at that point of shift and change where they're sort of going from one thing to the next and the star children I mean she's really really um so yeah um it's a lovely woman called Anna Estrada that that works with Sarah and she calls her the cosmic star child and I love that I love that I love that description she's she's very much here for the star seeds as well as for like all the gender neutral and gender binary and all of those um people as well because you know, she probably would be would be somebody like that. Hold because she holds the masculine and the feminine together. Oh, I see. Yes, I've, I've, I've watched you speak about that, and I see that now. What you mean? Yeah, because yes. it, it can it can also be very androgynous that energy in her. You know. Yes. So it sort of covers the whole covers the whole thing, and also you know these these people are like transgender. I mean, my dad he was a he was a he was a cross dresser, and he hid it all his life, and um, I never got to talk to him about it, which I'm a bit cross about now because he died in two thousand and eight, um, and yeah they've been exiled from our society in a lot of ways and Sarah was hidden and she's also kind of exiled because she's not socially acceptable you know over the years people have told me she's a demon they've written to me they felt the need to write to me and tell me she's a demon I'm a demon you know and a lot of really awful stuff you know we've been taught they would tell me that there's going to be a second coming of, of Christ's children and it's demons in disguise you know there's just there's just all this you know just not very socially acceptable so all of these people are also at the edges of society kind of and I also feel that way as well with my spirituality and all the rest of it I love Sarah (laughs) you know because she's sort of she's also on the edge you know yes where all the best people are (laughs) no 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 no, I'm not I don't I don't really want to make myself better than anybody else or or vice versa you know we're all needed whatever we're doing and however it looks to everybody else we're we're all needed in that circle every single one of us her energy comes across as as a, a younger person do you not think she does yeah she does she's like I mean she's a daughter she's a daughter archetype and yeah you know it's sort of that energy she's not there with kids <laughs> hanging around her you know not that I mean no. I'm not saying she wasn't but that energy is more it's not quite the maiden it's a little bit more than that she's a young woman that's in her power and she's really really yeah really really doing her thing I mean one vision I had of her like years ago I was after I'd been to render Chateau again I really felt her her 
her energy in the bones of that land, in the in the in the mountains, in the stone. Yeah. And I actually saw her as quite tall and athletic, quite broad shoulders, which was really bizarre. Because, you know, if I think about her, I sort of imagine, I would imagine her being small and little and but but perhaps it was more that vision could have been more um a metaphor for her energy rather than yes. a physical representation. I don't know, but I saw her actually as quite a sporty person. And I oh, was really? like, yeah, which was a bit strange to me because you know, I grew up reading books and not playing sports. <laughs> I was a bit like fancy, but there was a there was this strength and power in her body you know what I mean and she was like leaping around the mountains barefoot like a goat kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) wild wild and free completely wild wow because you know in France they absolutely adored Mary Magdalene didn't they like um because my dad used to go to France uh, every um summer uh, and um, they'd go to all the processions that they had, you know, the church processions that they're carrying. And, they would, and I remember him sending me photographs once, and I went, that isn't Mother Mary. That That's um, that's Mary Magdalene. I don't know why I thought it was um, Mother Mary, but it was. Cl- I knew it was clearly Mary Magdalene. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they absolutely loved her. Yeah. And she lived there for a Well, she lived there when we got off the boat. She lived there, and, of course, Sarah was with her, and um, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I heard. That, well, this is what I got was that they were living in some cave somewhere. Yeah, that's it. And there's there's caves and things that I haven't been to, so I still sort of think that's a nice juicy yes. thing for the future. I mean, it's hard for me to travel now with Benji um, being autistic because he's not a great traveller. He doesn't like change. He, he he really tends to lose it if there's if there's too much change. But I'm. I'm allowed to escape every now and then. And I think as he gets older, it will get it will get easier and I'll be able to travel more um, again. So I look, but I look forward, I look forward to that day. But that's it, because I do a lot of earth healing work, but I do it, well, I do a lot where I live in Roskila, because we've got some really special oh, yes. ascension energies here. And then other things I do in groups on Zoom and I get other people to join me and we do it distantly. And, and and it is amazing. It's amazing how you know it all happens and works really well and all the rest of it. But so next year I'm teaching like so this is sort of where I've got to with my server journey now is that I've started like teaching all the things she's taught me over the over the years. Because for years and years I worked with her and I was thinking, you know, this is just this is just too fantastic. And that's why so I started a website like I don't know, about two years after she'd come into my life. And that was sarie.com. And I had that for years. And I put it out there as like a beacon of light because there was nothing on the internet about Sarah. And I Mm -hmm. wanted people to be able to find something (laughs) because I knew it was not just me. (laughs) I knew there were going to be more people like looking for her. So So I got that out there. And then, and then I managed to get the book published. I can't remember when that was, maybe 2014. I wrote it a few years before that, but um, I managed to get it out. And then, and then two years ago, I started teaching her healing system, which is oh, yes. amazing. And now I'm teaching that to other people so they can teach it because now they've asked me to teach like a priest priestess course. And it's, it's called Earth Priest priestesses of sarah 
and it is working a lot with earth energies I mean wow if people are called more to do the collective stuff there's still that like the humanity and working with light bodies because she does a lot of that but you still need that grounding because there's like practices and techniques in there where you really you root yourself so deeply into the earth because we're there's still so much you know shit out there excuse my French there's still so much shit like energetically wise we've got to really really put ourselves in a powerful place before we can do the more powerful work otherwise our energy bodies will you know really really suffer Mm. and so she sort of she's teaching that she's she's teaching that to people so wow yeah and I've been working with my dragons this year and I I listened to the podcast with your guy I I did um I followed David Bauer oh yes Kieran and I and I followed David Bauer in in Hawaii of all places and I did a Lemurian healing course with him last year um so I took myself off on zoom for two weeks um to learn Lemurian healing um so yeah I went to Hawaii by Zoom and learned that and then I do his monthly meditations and he was saying the other day a couple of months ago it was about the dragons and and uh, you know I've never connected with dragons but that's okay I don't mind doing a meditation anyway um the meditation I felt that dragon plug right into my heart and I shared afterwards you know and, and he said well Chloe said uh when I was um writing the um meditation my guide said that the the reaction that they wanted was to feel that plug going in the heart and I said well (laughs) I felt it and so he said well he said I think you'll find there's two dragons around you wanting to connect with you so I went on as it my sister funny enough again um sent me something actually on my birthday uh in so March um and I hadn't seen it but it was on Instagram and I finally found it and it was Diana Cooper, is that her yeah, name? Yeah, and she yeah. does the unicorns and the dragons. I've never heard of her either. Yeah. The unicorns and the dragons. So I went on her website. I did her little dragon course. And I learned how to connect with my dragons. And so yeah, I, yeah. when I do my, on Tell Us Australia on a Friday morning, we do an ascension ceremony. And we do planetary healing. And sometimes I'm called and I've got my globe. Oh yeah. So I get called with my dragons sometimes, and I did this on Friday, is to go off and do whatever I need to be and do the key yeah, with the yeah, dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my my dragons are called Love and Nancy. Love is very stocky and trendy and funky kind of guy. He's always standing on my right. And Nancy's very tall and regal and very thin and very, very different. And uh, yeah, so one's fire, Nancy's fire, and love, he's water. And I send them off on missions and we go off and do stuff. Yes, yeah, so I, I mean, look, I'm 60 this year, 60, and I, I've only just met my dragons. So that, you know. That's fantastic, isn't it? It's fantastic. And there's so much more to look forward Absolutely. to, isn't it's just, it? So. There's, it's always unfolding. Yeah. There's is. always something else to yeah. learn. I mean, Anna, I'm sure you're the same. Uh, my lap, my, I'm just every day is a spiritual day. I, I, I don't. Yeah. There is no, you know, it's not something. It's not a hobby. I do want. It's every single day. I do my it's prayers life. when I get yeah. up in yeah. the morning. I get the seven sacred flames prayer book. I do my prayers. I work with the Lemurians. 
you know it's just a way of life isn't it it is it is yeah exactly and and I think we're you know I think we're quite a large collective now as well people like us that are, that are living like this we're not we're not so isolated anymore I mean even if like you know people are sort of out in the countryside and they don't have any anybody physically around them we can all find each other on the internet at least yes. you know and I think everyone can travel somewhere to go to workshops and things if if they really want to do that you know physically and and I love that and yeah I mean I can't believe I've turned into this sort of person to be honest <laughs> Well, uh, you know, well, this is seven, another seven, 17 years since Archangel Gabriel stood in my uh, bedroom and said I'd be doing it. And I'm like, oh, no, here I am. Here I am. And I've been doing this nine, is it nine? Yeah, nine years this year, full time. Wow. So, you know, like it's just. Yeah. So, do you get people coming to you like locally? From where yes, you I live. get people. Yeah, yeah. So I work when I work the seven days. I can't say I've got full for seven days, but yeah, I normally take one, one at least one client a day. Um, or and I've started doing psychic parties. The reason why I never offered them before is because I tend to. I'm a healer of souls, a soul healer. I've been called in a channeling once. And so I touch people very deeply. Yeah. Now, do you really want me to come round to your house on a, a, you know, on a hen's night and have you in tears? I don't think so. So I, I don't tend to I try not. Well, I wasn't offering them because I didn't want to. Like, yeah, yeah, I understand. People, and also, people, it's a sacred, ask, it's a sacred thing, isn't it? So you don't yes. want people not respecting and honouring it as well. That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So so. But anyway, just recently people have been asking, could you do a, a psychic party? They get a few girls together, you know, can we have a psychic party? And and I do, and they just put me in a side room because, you know. But look, I did one last week, last week. And then and the first guy, the guy sat down, the first guy, the only guy, but he's the first guy, first person sits down, and he's got to be in his late 50s. And I said something that touched his heart, and you could see him trying to not cry. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, wow, I'm going to start taking tissues with me. Yes, you definitely <laughs> You definitely need to have I thought that on Friday. Yeah, yeah. The lady said, I'm going one on, I'm going out of town and I'm going to do one. And um, the lady said, Can we have an hour or can we do it? Look, I said, Just have the half an hour, make it nice and light. It's a 60th birthday. We don't want anybody in tears. Why well, have an hour? Why well, go really deep and peel the onion and oh, don't, don't do that? If they want to have that, come to the house. I've got a beautiful healing room next door, you know, with the, yeah. in the master bedroom. It's beautiful. <sighs> And and have and have that and and come here. But yeah, look, I see children. I'm seeing a lot more, a lot more children. Yeah, and we got a lot, unfortunately, oh. a lot of suicidal children. So a lot of oh. children as young as eight. Sad, isn't it? So I've been working with a few children. Yeah, bullying and stuff. So um, I've got a child um, later on today. So yeah, they they're, they're really open and receptive to yeah. healing. So the parents yeah. that are bringing these kids to you, are they spiritual parents or they just looked around and just thought you I were the right person? spiritual parents. Yeah, all right. Spiritual parents and, you know, and open to healing. Yeah. And look, in, you know, I'd say I, I, it's not me that heals them. It's 
it's you know, Spirit. They, they obviously yeah. you've got to believe it too and then it's just the energy but I had a lady she came today and um saw her back in March I've seen on and off for years now but um she came in March and um she's had migraines for 46 years and after that healing she never had migraines yeah. she, I saw her today and I goes oh she had migraines she said completely gone so she must have been ready to release that yeah 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 that's but, wonderful you know, that's the thing. I love so, it I love that there's so many people around you that are open to this oh, yeah. as well that's just that's absolutely fantastic what part of Australia do you live in Perth oh you're in so Perth. on the west coast oh right see I still watch even to this day I still watch you know the British have got a fascination for moving to Australia and New Zealand we still have programs about people moving out Oh, and emigrating right. and I still watch them I've been watching them like for years and I I still watch them so I know a bit you know I've seen Perth the house prices are very expensive in Perth I know that <laughs> yes well they, 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 they weren't but they are now. yeah they have been for quite a few years uh, yeah. but then we've had that slump thing or the recession or whatever they call okay. it I don't follow anything I, I, my husband tells me these things um and yeah so prices are have dropped at the yeah. moment we wouldn't I think we'd be looking to get the price that we paid for our house back in 2011 yeah 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 okay so you know but we live in a beautiful part of the world and we're totally blessed and we haven't been touched we haven't been, well we haven't really been touched by covid at all um really lockdown yeah wow. I think we've had about two two maybe lockdowns <gasps> like two weeks two weeks oh like because there was a guy because we have a lot of people coming back from overseas or yeah. those, uh, because we've got free mantle so a lot of the the um liners would come in yeah. and then all the people would get off and then they all had to go into quarantine and one of the security guards somehow managed to get covid and he had to be also be an uber driver yeah okay. and so he'd been to look if you ask me where i'd been this week i'd say i've been to aldi shopping i um oh I'll go swimming of course and yeah. that would be it yeah, this yeah. bloke he went everywhere he'd been like to four petrol stations he'd been all over he'd been to a Mazda dealership he'd been to the hospital he'd been to about 20,000 places you know and then of course they found out he's been tested positive for COVID so what happens the whole of WA is put down in lockdown for a week I mean I think in the end though it's it's inevitable really that that it will come we we've just got it here now in Denmark so we oh. we lock down a lot very tightly much earlier than like the UK when it all started and there was not actually that many people who'd had COVID at all in Denmark until recently and because now I think the governments have come to the point where they realize they can't keep everything locked down all of the time especially like for us in Europe because you know all the borders and everything we're all bordering onto each other's countries and now there is a lot of covid in denmark and sweden who's had loads the last like last year and the year before they're completely flattened out they don't have much whereas us i think we're we're getting to be one of the top countries now in europe and it's because we've had such there's been hardly any of it and in the end it has to go through the population it just you know it's like you can't you could never contain a cold 
forever. No, no, you know, no, they're the same no sort of anymore. So yeah, everybody just needs to get a bit COVID, don't they? And get over it and yeah. like get immune, herd immunity. Yeah, but yeah, but, we we've. Well, I don't think we can go anywhere. We can't. We can't travel. No, exactly. Can't that's it. Australia can't stay locked down forever in no. that way, separated from the rest of the world. But I mean. I mean, it has gone up and they are starting to take a few measures, like you've got to have a corona pass if you go out to a cafe. But the hospitals, you know, 75% of the population here are vaccinated. So people are getting COVID, but they're not they're not as sick. And there Mm. is the odd person, you know, like who gets it. And then just like my my uh, one of our friends, his physio, she's got it 40s, really fit she died within four days I mean it's it's you just you don't know where it's gonna sort of hit people no. really or, or or not but I think in the end it has to go it has to go through the population yes you know yes I agree with you I think I think in here in WA I think we've had five people die but don't take my word for it because I don't follow any news or anything but I have a feeling that's what my husband said to me and they were only people from coming in from ships you know like yeah, being yeah, on holiday yeah. and being on a ocean liner and that, that I, we, that's all I know of. that's what I heard so mm-hmm. but I said I don't follow news no nothing I don't follow anything yeah um, just, no. I, don't, I just yeah. I just do my own thing and um yeah yeah but yeah well uh, I'm getting to know WA we keep going away on different tours like Margaret River winery region and you know we've been up to Monkey Mire which is where you can swim with the dolphins and because they come into shore so that's really really beautiful and we had this suite that was right on the beach and you could just you just sit in bed and watch the dolphins go past that was really beautiful I have to say when we booked again for next February um because that that were beautiful it really really was I'm like you I love dolphins yeah always have since since I was a kid I was crazy about when I was a kid I used to draw dolphins everywhere and I was in a dolphin club international dolphin watch Horace Dobbs ran that and oh god yeah it's never and I I I've since oh before maybe 2012 2011 I dream about them a lot and killer whales. I have a particular thing about orcas. Yeah, they wow. constantly move But do you work? Do you work online? Do you do like online sessions, Claire? So I'm not very. Uh, so I've got a, a lady tomorrow. We do it on Messenger. But I'm not like you. I don't do. I mean, I, I don't know how to do a Zoom. I don't know how to do a lot of things. But look, we just link up on Messenger, and I'm going to do yeah, that yeah, with the lady yeah. over east because it's three hours difference between Perth and Sydney. Yeah. Three hours is big. Like, if you're trying to run a business, three hours, not that I need to ring. But, you know, if you go to ring anybody, I can't really ring over east. But, you know, a business, you have to make sure that you've rung them by about half past one, two o'clock. It's, you're on, and you're quite, because you're on the other side of the world, you know, to like the UK. And, I mean, like America, depending on where they are, they yes. have like a six-hour, eight-hour, nine-hour time difference from me. And that means that if people want to have sessions with me, they have to get up early. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but 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 they do, and it and it and yes, it, and it works. And the same with my teaching classes. I teach um, the healing light from three till six in the afternoon. 
because that means wow. that you know it gives them time yeah. to sort of oh, yes. get up in the morning. But I do have a lady in Australia who's been doing the last class and she watches it on the recording because it's just it's you know just like it's well that's it. It's like when I go to Hawaii and do the um, meditations monthly. Um, well, it was five a.m. for me, and then that, but now it's six a.m. So that that's okay. I don't mind getting yeah. up that early. But some things, middle of the night, I don't do. But yeah, actually, yeah. I did a competition just recently, and one of the girls that won the uh, hour reading, she's from the UK. So that'd be my first time I've done anything in the UK. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. But I mean, we're talking to each other now, you know. Yeah, so you know. can do it. You can do it. You've yeah. just got to find the little slot. Tweaking the time. Yeah, and then I've done South Africa. There's a lot of South Africans in Perth. So I know I've yeah, so I've done a lady in South the reading for a lady in South Africa. So hey, absolutely everything's doable, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. such a blessing to have technology, is it not? I mean, I wouldn't be able to do the work that I did that I do without it. I can I mean I can actually remember like so years ago, sitting in my house in South Nutfield in Surrey in the UK. And like having, I'd laid out like a crystal grid and I was bringing Sarah in and I used to send out like a blessing service. And I, I can remember thinking, if only I had a camera and I could talk to all these people. I just, oh, I was longing for it. Uh, and I well, felt so cut off, you know, and now I can mm. do it. <laughs> and it's lovely. It's, it's like, it's just it's such so a good blessing. now. I notice you like you've got your Instagram, your website, like, and you've got the technology. Whereas I'm not, te- I'm not, don't do technology. No. It's just not my thing. Yeah, just not my thing. I mean, yeah. I've, man- I've managed. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, a proper, a proper techie. But I sort of manage enough to get things, to get things. Well, that's done, good. You know, that's really, really good. So, yeah. where are you heading next? What's your next? project is it on the online teaching well at the moment at the moment I'm trying to finish my second book yeah which is like 98 percent of the way there but just as I sort out one little thing another one pops out so but I'm trying to get that ready so I can launch that in February I'm also getting two because I've written two guides to the sacred springs here in Roskiller I've got one of them translated into Danish and I'm trying to get them both on Kindle and Amazon now. So I've asked someone else to do that. I formatted it all myself with that Sarah book and self-published on Amazon. But I'm so busy now. I'm like trying to outsource two people a bit more. And then, um, yeah, I'm training up Louise. Louise is my my right-hand woman or left-hand woman, perhaps I should say, because it's feminine, isn't it? The left-hand I'm teaching her how to teach the Sarah thing. So we work that out, which means next year I'll have like a proper manual and everything so that, you know, I can teach the other Sarah healers. And I've got this new priest, priestess course coming out in January. So, yeah. Oh, you are busy. Yeah. You are busy. How gorgeous is that? I said to them when they said, because the priest, priestess, I went for my New Year's walk last January to see about inspiration for the year and it came through and it had come through before and I was like I haven't got time I still got to finish you know because it takes a long time to create a course and do all the manuals and everything and also 
I'm a carer for Benji at the weekends and during the week. You know what I mean? That's another that's another yeah, part time yeah, yeah. job. I don't have you know um, a lot of spare spare time having a special needs kid. And but it was just like, but it's needed now. Don't worry if it's not perfect. Just get it. Just get it out there. Just get it out. There. And I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. I could feel wow, it was. I could feel good. it was right. Um, and I and I do think it's like people need it, so it's like okay. And I need to get it out there, otherwise the energies just get stuck in me and send me crazy anyway. So, well, yeah, that's true. You just have to have that expression, don't you? You just have to let it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let it out. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. Well, you sound like you've got a lot of things planned for next year, anyway. But uh, I haven't thought about my vision board yet for next year. But I think. I'm going to have to start thinking about it because Lemurian that I am, my new year started on the 11th of the 11th. So my new year's already cracked up. I remember years ago, it was years ago now, I, I got told, uh, you know, you need to put your prices up, right? So, because I'm not, I've never been very good at pricing myself. Anyway, I think I've got it right now, but it's taken, well, it's taken nine years, hasn't it, full time. And so years ago, and they said, you've got to put your prices up. And I went, okay, I'll do that in January. And this, my guys go, no, no, 1st of December. I goes, who puts their prices up on the 1st of December? And they went, you do. <laughs> so now I realise because it's already my new year. Never what you don't need to wait till January the first. New year has already happened for you to get on with it. Oh, so, yeah, that's why I was thinking about doing my vision board sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, like, because the Celtic, the Celtic year ends at um, Samhain in, um, you know, Halloween at the end of October, and you know, and I can always feel those new energies coming in, and then then I get another New Year to sort of work out the year ahead in in January. So I sort of get two, I get two New Years. Yes, yes, I can see that. Yes, so I'm, I'm going to get some thought about what I'm going to do next year yeah. but obviously it's all going to be done here in Perth there's no moving around there's no doing courses anywhere else apart from maybe going to somewhere with Zoom I've done a few courses on Zoom now I did a basic belief clearing course with uh, Danny Danny DeVito Danny DeVito <laughs> that would be good if it's Danny DeVito you know Danny DeVito now he <laughs> looks like didn't he uh, Joe Vitale that's who I've always gotten too mixed oh, up. Oh, yeah. Joe Vitale and Danny DeVito oh. look the same, but it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's uh, Joe Vitale. So I did that. So, I did, so I've done a few courses this year. And then, of course, I did the Dragon course. So uh, I don't know what's next year's going to hold. But yeah. uh, I'm my fo- so my focus is also on the Violet Flame, but yeah. I work with St. Germain yeah. and the Violet Flame. So I'm working literally with that and trying to bring everybody into one unity consciousness. See, Lovely. so we all what, what, all keeping everybody realizing that they're just one. Yeah. So you and I are the same. We're all the same. We're all one. Yeah. You know, keeping yeah. that vibration high, so everybody yeah. doesn't dip into fear. Yeah. Because we've got a lot of, um, let's say, marches going on in per- well, a lot in Australia. You know, because it's mandatory the vaccination here. Is it? Mm. Wow. Yeah. For everyone. So a lot Yeah. Wow. So and what happens so, if you don't what happens if you don't take it? 
so, so far, well, we're all right at the moment because my husband and I haven't got, we're both self-employed, but not in. So if he was like working on a mine or um, yeah. he'd have, to, or a teacher or, and they're all having to have it. Uh, but of course, there's lots of people who don't want to. And we had a march on Saturday. I didn't go, I had to work, I had clients all day. Um, but there was over 50,000. It's loads of people giving up their jobs. Loads wow. of people. In Adelaide, there aren't enough nurses and doctors. You have to, if you have to wait 90 minutes for an uh, for an ambulance. So if you've had a heart attack, you've got no chance, have you? So it's a little bit sad. So there's, there's 3,000 Adelaide nurses walked out of their jobs because they wouldn't have the jab. Because, oh. as she said, as she's being interviewed, you see the ambulance noises. She said, this is Adelaide. We don't have ambulances going past all the time. But what you're hearing is people having adverse effects to the um, vaccine, the jab. And this is why we're so busy. And she said, I won't, I, I can't watch that happen anymore. So Gosh. she said, I'm, 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 I'm going to walk away yeah. from my job. And she said, I've got two degrees, um, this, that and the other. And I can't, I can't watch it any longer. So we've got all that happening. So marches in Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, Adelaide, thousands. There was 50, over 50,000 in Melbourne at the weekend. So we're trying to – so it's not so much – there's nobody at like anti-vaxxers. It's, sort of, it's yeah. freedom of choice. That's all we want, yeah, freedom yeah, of choice. Yeah. I've yeah. got so many clients that come to me that uh, have left their jobs. Wow. I think that's it's it's really tricky, isn't it? I mean, they're bringing it in for government employees now, making it mandatory. Um, I don't, I don't think they'll be able to do it for the whole population. I, I, I don't think people would stand for it, really. But it's really difficult. It is, yeah. It's just choice, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. If somebody wants a vaccine, have it, Pat. Go on, have it. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. You know, because I've got an autoimmune disease and I, I don't want to, I don't want it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, it's just choice, isn't it? Do you think you could do like a five minute St. Germain violet flame meditation with us then to help us come into unity? Do you like to do that? I would. Hang on, I'm going to give this a little bit of thought. I think I've got something. I don't know what, but I feel like I've got something I need to share with you. And I just got told it's purple writing. Can I can I do this? I don't know how it's going to come out because I, I, yeah. I don't. I've just been. I've just dug it out of my prayer book. Channel the eleven oh seven. Just thought I'd throw that one in <laughs> on the twelfth of the ninth. But this is what I got told to share, so I'm going to do that. So okay. if you can just yes, settle yourself in and take a few deep breaths. Nice and slow. In the name of the I am that I am prayer. In the name of the I am that I am, I call upon God to be here with me now, as above, so below. As God resides in my higher heart, my soul is full in full remembering of my divine connection to source, the source of light and eternal love. 
I call upon God to take from me all discordant energy that is directed at me as I stand in the light, a warrior of the light, for we are all that light, for all that light stands for. For I am a beacon of that light, for I have been called to the light to serve once more for the greater good of all. I stand here before you, an equal in all things, and I ask that you join with me and band together as one force against the darkness and bring this planet into the light and the golden age which is upon us. Let us unite as one consciousness as we strive for the betterment of our planet to pledge our commitment to shine and become one family of the light, for we are all light. We are all light, all for one and one for all. It is time, light workers of the world, to join force and pledge to shine and become one beacon of light and raise the vibration of the planet and heal with love our beloved Mother Earth and all her inhabitants. May peace prevail on Earth. We bring you this message of peace at this time to ease you to bring peace of mind. Blessings from the Ascended Masters. Amen. Amen. That was lovely, Claire. That was really lovely. Have you got it on so, a blog? Have you got it on a blog or something? No, it's on a piece of paper. Look. <laughs> <laughs> have you got? Have you got? Have you got a blog? No. <laughs> I don't know how to do a blog. Years ago, they said to me, do a blog. And I went, what's one of them then? Right, I, was, no. I was imagining that I'd seen a blog somehow with you on your website. I don't know. I maybe just imagined that. So there is, on Facebook, somebody's got a spiritual pampering blog. But that's not mine. And I noticed I've got about seven of my followers following that blog. And it's not mine. Um. So what happened last year? I got tons of tons of channels like whoa right we're off and and i had loads and i remember one i'm sitting there and i went who the hell are they who's the galactic federation of light i hadn't heard of them i had to google them and then um jesus's picture was there i thought well that's all good they must be all right then people <laughs> so i've had loads of channelings and so i've got a whole folder that like that full of my channelings from last year but some of them I took in the back of my prayer book, and and that was one of them. Yeah, uh, I really. But like uh, shall I share this one? Well, there's a shade to name one. But I'll share this one just in case anybody's. Because um, this is actually a, it's all scrolled on. This is a powerful prayer I channeled for anybody who was sick. Talking about COVID and people might be coming down with something, or just generally unwell, or you know, general life stuff happening. I channeled this for a client. Um, she contacted me and she wanted a prayer channeling for her dad, who was absolutely riddled with cancer and was um, about to pass, to be honest with you. Yeah. And um, I channeled it. Uh, oh, 2.36 p.m. I'm off there, aren't I? Um, last 14th of the night last year, channeled it. And uh, he went for his final um, checkup. And the doctor didn't know how to describe this, but he said, we can't find the cancer. In your kidneys, and your stomach, and that, we can't find the cancer. 
Wow. So I, I, I do believe in the power of prayer. Yeah. So I just thought if we bring this in for everybody, we we'll just yeah. call it the general the stick. Yeah. Um, because I know that um, the prayer of prayer brings many miracles. I call upon Ascended Master Jesus, Master Hilarion, Mother Mary, Archangel Raphael, and all angels of the emerald green healing ray to assist the sick this day, casting a healing miracle upon their soul that they may be blessed with the miracle of healing rays pouring forth from the hands of God. I ask this to be done for their highest good according to God's holy will, and so be it, and so it is. Oh, yes. Mm. And I use it a lot with my clients. I mean, you might find, you might find that, do you send a newsletter out? No. No? <laughs> You're terrible, aren't you? Like I said, yeah, you, you might find you might find that if like you write out on your page that someone because people you know I get people to type things up for me because I don't have the time. Also, if like, I mean, it's a little bit of a faff, but like, so if I upload this video to YouTube, it means that, and I've got captions set on it. It means it will transcribe it for me. So it means like those two last prayers you did, I can find it cut and paste it I have to they put a lot of arrows in it I have to take all the arrows out but then I can make a post and I can I can share it to you so you don't have to sit and type it out but you might find that there's people who want to type that up for you because they love it and because they want to have it (laughs) well I mean I do I have put it on my page I usually put it on on a Wednesday because that's the uh, emerald green healing ray is when associated with Wednesday. So I I normally, I think I put it up a couple of weeks ago and I put it up in the past and I do share it. But as I say, I've got a whole folder of all these channelings that you write. I I somehow, well, I I, I say Facebook would be my way to go. The problem Um, problem is with Facebook is things just disappear on there. You know, it's here today, tomorrow. Whereas if like, if someone puts it on a blog for you, it's all there, you know. I'll have to look at that then. Yeah. I'll have to look, at the, I'll I have mean, to look for a blog. Google have it. Google have it. If you don't want to do one on your website, that's a bit too complicated. Google. I don't blog have on. a website. Oh, don't you? Blogger, no, blogger.com. 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 I think so. Blogger. Just put Google blog in and it will come up. Because I, I, yes. I've got a blog on my website. I've also got a blog on Google that I used to use years ago. And it's really easy. Okay, I'll have a look. Now, all I do is um, Facebook Live, which I've been doing since 2017, where I just do free card readings before I have my first client of the day. So I was on there this morning going live. Um and I've just started doing, well, they just started. I've been doing Instagram, not that I really know what I'm doing. Um, well, that, and that's just the posts on Facebook. That's really yeah. all I'm doing. Yeah. That's really all I'm doing. But um, you're right about the, you know, when you're doing something like a post, it disappears. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Whereas in on your personal Facebook, you get like, this happened seven years ago or something. And you get to see things. And I was thinking, wouldn't that be nice if we had that on 
Could that be lovely to share the prayers and things? Exactly. They're too good. They're too good, Claire, to just have them there and then no one sees it again. It's like, I mean, yeah, I know so if people say, say, and look, they can find it, but people don't, you know. But on a no. blog, people will sit and read all the way through okay. and you can see the titles. And But see if you can set, get someone else to do it for you because it sounds like you've got enough. Some, there might be someone out there who loves typing and would love to type those up. Okay, I'll find it. I'll ask. You know what? I'll ask me. I am presence to bring that person to me. That's what yeah. I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because I have a whole folder. I mean, I've got yeah. a folder like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes. Like, oh, my Lord. Another one coming through. And yeah. that's, that's, and it was all about unity consciousness. I do like this prayer, and I'll read it from over here. It's clipped to my basket. And it's about, um, do you know, Paul the Venetian? Yeah. He's um to do is the is to do with the um heart chakra. So I uh, okay. associated with Tuesday today the um the the ray of the um cosmic pink ray of of, of um, divine uh, love. So I call uh, I call upon the presence of God. It's inspired by the words of Paul the Venetian. I call upon the presence of God to fill me with the fullness of my divinity. I am grateful for the blessings of love, peace and harmony pouring forth. I call upon the presence of God every hour of every day, filling me with love, peace and harmony, sustaining me in grace and ease in thy holy name. Amen. Lovely. Oh, do you know, I was going to say amen to that, yes. <laughs> um, I just I just found that real softness. Uh, He's just, uh, Paul yeah. the Venetian has got a very, 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 very soft energy. Yeah. And I feel that through those words. Yeah. And I tell you what, so if you have all this typed up, then on Fiverr, fiverr.com with a two r's at the end you can get people who will format these things for you to go on kindle and amazon because it costs nothing to publish your self-publish your books on amazon they charge you a little bit each time you sell a book or you sell a copy but actually compared to like publishers they 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 don't take that much you still get the majority of it. I think it's 60% or I can't remember, but it's, you know, there, it's actually, it's, although I don't love Amazon, I don't love their ethics. There isn't anybody else who does it. And it is, it's, it's a way for me to self-publish without, you know, having to um, commit huge amounts of money. And it means people can, can get it and read what I'm, I'm doing. So, you know. I'll have a look then. Yeah. And when you say fiber, is that with an F? Yeah, F-I-V-E-R-R dot com. And you want to look for book design, formatting, that sort of that sort of thing. I've got someone looking at something of mine. If she's good, I'll recommend her to you. She's in Trinidad. Thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> years ago, um, because when people get channel messages like come through for them, I'd go, that's nice. And I'd write it down and I'd just slip it at the back of a piece of paper at the back of my um, clipboard. And then before long, I had all these pages. And yeah. I got told, go down, go and put them on the computer. So I'd do one and another one. And then I finished them and they got, I got, right, so go and make a book. I'm, going, I'm not doing a book. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, 
So I'm like, where am I going to find a publisher? Yeah, no, exactly. And it is such a huge job to like present a project to a publisher and it's to pitch a book to a publisher. It's just so much work. It's untrue. Um, And that's, you know, even before you found a publisher that you can pitch it to. So it's so much work. And if you're not trying to sort of take over the world, it's a lot easier just to self-publish, to be honest, I think. Well, there's been a stumbling block and and I'll tell you what that was. Um, so I so I got told to ask this letter. So we're only we're classed as a fishing village, so we're not big because this used to be a holiday resort where I live. Um, it's expanded, but it was a holiday resort. And um, I got told to ask this lady. So okay, I knew who the lady was. So I don't know her, but I, I knew of her. So I was walking on the beach one day and I saw her. So I said to her, "Can you recommend a publisher?" And she said, have you thought of um, whatever his name was? And I went, no. So I rang whatever his name was. And he said, yes, I can publish your book. He was walking, he is, oh, he's just moved. He's walking distance from my house. <laughs> the, 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 the lady that did the artwork was 10 minutes drive away. So my little book, but there's only been one slight problem. I don't know how to get it into the shops. No, exactly. So I sell it yeah. from home. Yeah, yeah. So I've got one of them ISBN numbers and all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've no idea how to get it into anything. So it cost me eleven thousand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I am. I'm. I'm I'm selling them like two a year. Yeah. (laughs) You can. You can. You can list them on Amazon as well and sell sell through them. Can you? Yeah, it used to be really easy to be a seller on Amazon. When they first did it, I used to do it. And then they then it got very complicated to be a marketplace seller. So I don't know. I don't know well, now. Maybe but, I'll have um, a look at it. Yeah, have a look. Because we do have an Amazon in Perth. Yeah. It's only just opened. So, because I hadn't really heard about Amazon because it's not here in Australia. So, oh, don't... But, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you, there is an Amazon.au. People can buy stuff. Yes, 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 there is. It's only like Amazon's only opened up in the last maybe couple of years. We don't have an Amazon in Denmark. We don't have an Amazon.uk. No, we have to use some. Um, well, I used to use the UK, but now we have to use Germany. Because for some reason, the Swedish one won't send anything to us here. So it's like, <laughs> I use the German one. But luckily, there's an Amazon.de english <laughs> otherwise i'd be really stuffed because i i don't speak, oh. i don't know any german <laughs> so yeah no me neither i don't speak any languages either well i do speak danish technically <laughs> so when they speak to you you know what they're saying but you've just got a reluctance to reply yeah yeah i tend to speak in english to people unless they don't speak any english and then i will speak then I will speak Danish, but it's a very hard language to pronounce. <laughs> uh, very hard to make the sounds. And and they're not used to people speaking it with an accent because usually the only people that can speak Danish are Danish people. So they're not very good. Like we can understand English in a lot of accents. They can't. So you've got to be really, uh, really close to saying it like a Danish person for people to understand what you're saying. And so it is, you know, it is a bit painful, to be honest, 
Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't bother either. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that what if I have to I be understood in Danish, I, I, I do, I, I, I speak it. <laughs> Does that mean you do your shopping online or? or no, or... no, no, no. I can manage in shops and stuff like that. But I mean, like I couldn't, I couldn't go. I mean, I can, yeah, I can talk to people in Danish about general everyday stuff, but I couldn't go and have a job. I couldn't have a job. I mean, I try to get on all sorts of educational programs and things here because I had to I had to go to language school for two and a half years. There's a test you have to study, an exam you have oh. to pass. It's extremely difficult just to get residency oh. here. And so I've I actually studied it for years just to pass that flipping thing. And um, but then I couldn't oh. get on any other programs. And and you need, you know, to get fluent, you need to either be studying in it or working in it. I can't get a job here because um, I'm a qualified nurse, but my um, qualification's not recommended. I've tried to get jobs as like a healthcare assistant. No one will take me because I'm way overqualified. I was a nurse manager, so they don't they don't want me. I can't get on educational programs because I'm too educated already, which means I'm not allowed to to study at the same level. Even though, so it's, I tried everything. Uh. I tried everything, and in the end, I went. Do you know what? I think Spirit's already got a job. I'm it. just going to tell you that, love. You're already on God's payroll. You don't need a yeah. job. But it was really about it was really about money because we're one of the most expensive countries in the world. So I would really? have liked something part time because if I got paid in Danish money, I would be getting much more. I have to work in English and American rates, and it's it's very small compared to what I would be getting. So I work a lot and get paid very little for what I have to pay out in Denmark, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, luckily me and Thomas, we're not the sort of people who wants a BMW or, you know, a lot of, we're not great consumers. So, you know we're we're all right you know we're we're not starving or anything we're paying the bills but yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of a bit of a bummer (laughs) Mm, yes yes it doesn't seem fair does it no but you know something in danish yeah but on the other hand on the other hand i do actually want to do the work that i do i don't i don't want to do I don't want to have to do a Danish job just to get the money. I would be bitter and no, pissed off no. if I had to do that anyway. So. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. You're already working. But yeah. I always say that, you know, you're on God's payroll. You'll be looked after. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And let's face it, we don't do it for the money. No, exactly. No, exactly. We don't do it for exactly. the money. No. no. No, I'm, you know. yeah, I'm, I'm always doing what Spirit asking me to um. And I'm always loving it as well. It's always so interesting. And yeah, that's it. I'm a lifelong, I'm a lifelong learner. If they're going to teach me something new, I'm up for it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, do you know we've been talking for nearly two hours now? Oh my lordy. Five two, you're right. I was saying to my a friend the other day that Irish women really, really know how to talk. <laughs> We've just been proving that point today, haven't we? Oh, we have. Life's been lovely. I've really enjoyed it. I knew I'd like to ask you. What 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 season are you in? Um, winter, nearly. Are you coming up for winter? Yeah, we're just at the end of autumn now. A lot of the leaves have gone. 
we had our first proper frost yesterday. So I went winter bathing yesterday, and because they they um, they have a bridge, they're about to take it down that you go into the sea with, and it was all covered in frost. And I'd forgotten my um, shoes, my bathing shoes, and I had to walk on all this like ice. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, we've had a really rough winter. Well, I'm not, you're done, but for Perth, we've had a really, really cold winter. In fact, we had our wettest um, October on record. So, you know, and it started early. You know, it doesn't start till about June, but it started right at the beginning of May. So it came in really early and it's just gone on and on and on. Mm. And, um, well, we've had a couple of holidays where, it, you know, we should have been out in that, you know, like short sleeves and that, and we've been rugged up yeah. um, and, and lots of rain. But just last weekend it, it turned and uh, we had like, it went to 30, 31. Wow. Okay. So we like three, like, Top of 19 and now at top of 31. And then was it Monday or Tuesday? It, it, no, Monday, yesterday. Back raining, cloudy. Oh. And then today's, today, I think it was t- uh, 17 now, but it's five o'clock at night. But it was 26 or something about half past 10. And they say it's going to get to 33 for the rest of the week. Oh, wow. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're waiting for snow. We should be getting snow this week. So, I mean, Denmark is the most southern Scandinavian country, though. So we're not like Norway and, and Sweden. I'm not, you know, I, I like to exaggerate a bit and go, oh, Scandinavia. Because so people think I'm tough and go, wow. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is still Scandinavia. But, yeah, it's, yeah, we don't, we don't spend the whole, the whole winter in ice and snow. <laughs> It's very grey. It's very grey, the winter here. Uh, very, very grey. So the winter bathing really helps because it makes me go out. And it's very, there's a high humidity here. Really high humidity. So it means like when it's cold, it's like damp. It really gets into your bones. And there's like days where I just, I don't want to go out. And if I don't go out for a couple of days, that's really bad. <laughs> I just sort of go down and down and down and down. So I have a blue wow. sky lamp and I have my winter bathing and it keeps me keeps me going wow. and keeps me fresh and stops me like turning into some sort of hibernating depressed creature that won't go out and doesn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> so. Well, I was thinking tomorrow morning before my client, because I don't swim on a Wednesday because it's like my rest day, but I thought if it is going to be nice tomorrow, I might go down the beach and just, you know, have it. so I'll take you a video and I'll send it to you. Oh, and then you can look at some nice waves and just enjoy the beach. Yeah. Oh, and I hope, hope, to, come and, hope to come and visit Australia one one day and I'll pop yes. in and see you. for a Once we open the borders and let you in, you, you can come in. Yeah. Do you still drink tea? Yes. Oh, fantastic. I'll come have a cup of tea with you. What tea yeah, do you drink? absolutely do that. <laughs> what tea, what tea do you drink? All right, my lovely. What tea do you what drink? Tea? Oh, you never guess. Yorkshire tea. <laughs> <laughs> Imported. You know, Yorkshire tea. Proper cup of tea. <laughs> yes. We get it imported from the UK. Yorkshire tea. Yes. Well, have a lovely, have a lovely evening. Yes, and you have a lovely day. Love to catch up to you and do it again. Yeah, all right. God bless you. Take care. Bye, Claire.